Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly. This is Chris Richards and you're listening to the Ranks FC podcast. Welcome to Ranks FC, your favourite football podcast. And this week we have a very special episode. Our first interview in our new guise and we thought we'd get someone particularly special in. We've got Bayern Munich and USMNT star Chris Richards, one of the next generation, the come up. It's all very, very exciting. And we had a brilliant conversation with him. My name is Jack Collins and I'll be your host today. And joining me as ever is Mr. Sam Ty, the rank god. Hello, buddy. Hello, mate. And of course, Mr. Dean Jones, our transfer guru. Dean, it's nearly transfer season. You're nearly back in relevance. I know, mate. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually got a bit of a cold. Can you tell? Yeah, yes. I can, I can oh, hear yeah. it. Sniffling away, mate. But, you know, you know me. So brave, so committed. <laughs> Here I am. I'm not going to speak too much in this episode because um, it doesn't make a good audio content, really, does it? <laughs> yeah, the good, news, the good news is is that Jack and I handled the Chris Richards interview. Uh, we figured that even though it was only over Zoom, we couldn't possibly let Dean anywhere near Chris, a physical, a, a, an actual athlete in, this, in the current condition that Dean's in. So uh, you don't have to hear much of Dean this week. I just but, sat uh, here in a mask just to make sure he definitely didn't catch his cold. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Dean, you know, a man of the people. He knows he knows doing what's best for everybody, a true Christian. Um, Sam, it was a, a load of fun, though. He had a really good time, and it's been some year for Chris. Yeah, it has, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we'll get into, into, into the interview, but we, we met him about a year ago, and we finally managed to actually get an interview on the table. But for Chris, since we met him, I'm not saying, you know, we were the catalyst, but since we met him, he's made his first appearance for Bayern Munich in the senior side back in June. Then he made his first start. He assisted Robert Lewandowski for a goal and a 4-3 win in that start. And then he gets his first US senior camp, gets his first cap against Panama, and he gets his first Champions League start last week against RB Salzburg. So, yeah, overall, not bad for Chris Richards. And we thought now was now was the time to speak to him. Strike while the iron's hot because things are happening for Chris. Yeah, absolutely. And with that all said, let's get into it. The next thing you'll hear is our interview with Chris Richards. And I'm delighted to say that we are joined by Mr. Chris Richards of Bayern Munich and USMNT. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you all for having me. No, it's a, it's a pleasure. And, and Sam, this is a relationship that goes back a, a little way, eh? <laughs> yeah, there's some background. I mean, we met Chris. We met Chris. I, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but we once went to interview Thomas Muller and Alfonso <laughs> Davies. Do, do we ever talk about? I don't know if we mentioned that, but uh, that did happen. Uh, for those of you that missed it and missed the subsequent hundred thousand references that we've made to it, but on that day we also met Chris. So I'd watched Chris in the Under Twenty World Cup for the USA that summer beforehand, um, and just gave, dropped him a quick message. I think. I think we watched you play like a reserve skirmish kind of thing over on the training pitches while we were watching the first team warm up and uh, and just dropped him a message to say, oh, if you're about, let's say hello. And he, you had you'd gone, you'd left the training ground and you drove back. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I live close to it and, you know, Bleacher Report, of course, is really big. So I figured you might as well go ahead and it's always nice to hear some English as well. No, 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 no. It's not that you lived close. It's that you really <laughs> wanted to come and see it. Okay? So, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, but he came back. We said hello. And uh, well, over a year or just about a year later, finally, we've managed to actually sit down and speak to yourself. But it's been quite the year for you, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, it's been really good for me. I'll, I got to check off a lot of bucket list things off my list this year. So it's been a, it's been a really fun year for me professionally. So Chris, we're going to ask you basically all about what's happened and, and some other things as well. We're going to talk to you about Bayern Munich stuff. We're going to get some US men's national team stuff in. There's going to be some quick fire bits at the end. Some of our patrons have chipped in with some questions as well. Don't worry, we've checked those, but we're going to start uh, firing off at you. And I'm going to start with the fact that you've actually already played three different positions for the Bayern seniors now. Naturally a centre back, but I've seen you play right back and left back. How are you getting on with that? How do you find it? Yeah, um, it's very different, of course. You know, I've never, I've played a lot of positions on the field, but never outside back until this la this upcoming year. And so, you know, playing at a club like Bayern, you're just trying to find your way, especially as a younger, uh, as a younger player. And you just try to make it work wherever they put you. And so outside back is, uh, 
you know, there's a reason I was playing center back is because I don't have any attacking, I don't have any attacking bone in my body. And so now I kind of have to try <laughs> to find how to, you know, how to beat somebody 1v1, not just defensively, but offensively. So it's been, it's been a big transition for me, for sure. Well, especially at left back, right? I mean, obviously you're, you're working your way up the flank and against Salzburg, you played left back and you're on your weak side and you're expected to, to contribute. And it must be difficult as a centre back and on, on the wrong side as well. You, they've really given you a task. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I have to get up and down the field the whole game. Uh, you have to, like I said, contribute on the offensive side as well. It's you know, also me being on my weak foot. It's definitely a difficult task. There's a, I mean, there's there's elements of this that I, I love, which is, you know, you're playing with with David Alaba, you know, inside you. You said before he's he's your mentor at Bayern, and you know, he's nicknamed you Texas. And there's this story about the baptism in a lake that we, you know, they, I'm gonna have to ask about. But there, it must be interesting to see, you know, to have him in there and and have someone of that, you know, quality, but also of that experience to be inside and, and you know guide you through those steps, especially as someone who used to be a left back himself. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, David, he's, he has a lot of experience, even though he's only 27 years old. I mean, he's, he's played in every big competition possible and um, he's really good to all those young guys and, you know, me playing in the positions that he's played in, he has a lot to, he's a lot of um, advice to give to me. And, you know, I try to take it with a, uh, an open mind and try to use it on the field. We have witnessed quite a lot of different players play left back for Bayern over the last 12 months or so. Obviously, Fonzie's pretty much locked that spot down when he's fit. Lucas Hernandez plays in there sometimes. You've you've obviously been given a go as well. It seems like Hansi Flick is extremely reluctant to remove David Alaba from the centre-back role, even when you could argue Chris Richards at centre-back, David Alaba at left-back makes more sense on paper. What does Alaba bring to the team that is so important to make it so that Hansi Flick will not remove him from that position? I definitely think he has, you know, a certain type of leadership to him. Um, you know, he's just, ever since he started playing at Bayern, even though he was a young professional when he first started, everybody respected him because, you know, just the way that he played and the way that he carried himself on the field, he was, uh, he was an easy person to look up to. But I think, him going from left back to playing center back, it gives him a um, kind of like a different point of view from uh, from the center back role because he's played his whole career at left back, and you know you see it once you change positions, you start thinking in a different way when it comes to how can I break this line, how can I press there, and uh, I mean you've seen it with David, he he clearly has that special something that you know he he transferred his game from left back to center back and it like you said it's made Hansi you know think twice about taking him out of the roster and uh, the lineup so I definitely think it's that changing positions it gives you a certain gives you a certain way of looking at the game differently gives it that, that kind of natural advantage it's uh, it's been plain yeah. to see you know and and he does feel like a leader in there when you watch him you know barking out orders and we've oh, mentioned yeah. it before you know Sam's always called him the Jenga piece he's that the one bit <laughs> you, don't, you don't pull out right otherwise it, exactly. it could all go wrong he gave you a nickname when you started he gave you his phone number when you started and said well <laughs> any 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 issues any questions drop me a line and this baptism story so he you were baptized by David Alaba's pastor am I right in saying that in a lake just exactly. near Munich and that was that was over the course of the summer that's incredible yeah, um, you know, David's definitely a man of faith. And, um, you know, when I first got there, he was like, dude, you know, I know that you don't speak German, but uh, at the church I go to, they also have English translators. So, you know, if you ever want to go, just give me a shout and I'll make sure to, you know, leave some space for you uh, whenever you want to go. And then me and a couple of teammates decided that, you know, we'd start going there. And David was always there. He would always have us talk to the youth pastor and the, and the head pastor as well. And, you know, we just built that relationship, not just on the field, but also off the field through church and stuff like that. And then, like you said, this summer, I got baptized by his, uh, by his pastor and it was, you know, it was an amazing feeling. That is incredible. Incredible. I'm going to move it on from, from Alaba to, to Hansi Flick. Um, now, look, I've never met Hansi Flick. We, we've never spoken to him, but he looks like a serious, serious <laughs> dude. And we would like to know, have you ever seen him smile? Because we haven't. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've seen him smile a few times. I'll say he definitely has a German mentality to him. Um, I don't know if you saw the first, literally the first minute of the game against Salzburg. I was jogging backwards and I tripped and fell and I literally rolled over. And um, the, the whole bench is dying laughing and Hansi looks over at me. He's like, Chris, are you good? And I thought it was sarcastic. Like I was laughing. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. And he just has this like most serious look on his face. So I was like, oh, no, 
maybe maybe he wasn't joking, but definitely I've seen him definitely have a few laughs in training before. It's nice to him. It's obviously nice to see that there is actually that element of it because so much of it is like, you know, you score and it's that that kind of hella face of like, oh no, it's thunder. I was like, you're four nil up, Hansi. Like, enjoy yourself a little bit. But, <laughs> exactly. You no, know, there's um. I mean, he ha- he came in and had such an effect, right? And and I think this is is so crucial. When we when we came and we, just before this all happened, it, it all felt a little bit different. And suddenly, Hansi Flick came in and everything just clicked at once. And I guess at part at that part of the the club, and, and when that happened, you were sort of in the in the reserve side and working on. And not too long ago, we spoke to Liverpool's academy coach, um, Alex Inglethorpe. He's the head of their academy. He says that when there was a new coach takes charge. You know, it often trickles down through the whole club. And I kind of wanted to get your perspective of, of what the the effect was as soon as Hansi Flick came in, you know, from, from the club top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, as soon as you got there, you kind of just felt the shift in mentality. Um, it just everybody seemed so much happier to be there. Uh, he had known a lot of the players from the national team. So um, he already had that relationship with them. It's not like he had to you know, kind of try to fight for their respect. He's always had that with, with the team. And then he started bringing in a lot of younger guys, um, just trying to see what the academy had. And, you know, a lot of younger guys, we were training with the first team last year. And it was, you know, it was just making our, our reserve side even better because we, you know, we've been training with these guys. And, you know, our, our reserve team, we won the third league, which was pretty big because the first half of the season, you know, I think we won two games. Um, and then you saw with the with the first team, they, they weren't losing any games. I mean, they went on a long run and. Um, I think it's just definitely the mentality that he had and the, the staff that he had surrounding him definitely made, you know, not just the first team do well, but, you know, the, the reserve side, the academy, it just, it made everything so much easier. When you talk about that mentality, Chris, I take it you mean that when you're four nil up and someone misses a chance and you look over and he looks fuming and furious and scary, that's, that's the mentality, right? Is it is like perfectionist element? Exactly. Perfection. That's, that's the exact word for it. Is that what he uses as well? Perfection. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, see, I could do. I could be a manager. I could be. A, I could just tell. I could just tell everyone everything is to be perfect. It's, it's easy. Um, but on this reserve uh, system, Chris, this is um, something slightly different, or at least very much for English people. We don't really have this. We don't have reserve teams playing in the actual football league. So you guys have got the Bayern second team, the Bayern reserves, Bayern Zwei, I presume it's called, mm-hmm. um, playing in the third tier, and you're playing against like actual full-on professional teams but you are the reserve what is that dynamic like do you get extra stick are they horrible to you do they try and kill you like what like what what is that dynamic like it's totally alien to us yeah it's definitely um it's definitely a weird dynamic because you know some guys i'll give you an example like joshua Zerksi last year he scored the game winning goal against freiburg he only played five minutes that game and then the next day he was playing in the amateur game and in, in the in the reserves uh reserve game and, you know, people were just crunching tackles like, oh, who cares if you scored a goal for the first team? Like, you know, we're going to show you that you can't do it here. And it's just always they always give us a lot of slack for it because, you know, they think that we're getting special treatment because we are Bayern. And, you know, even though we're the second team, a lot of us are with the first team. But, you know, people people play us like it's their like it's a World Cup final. I mean, they always want to show no matter, you know, no matter if we're 21, 20, who, they don't care how old they want to they want to kill us every time they go out there. Yeah, I mean, I guess that it makes sense because of, of the way that these are people playing and you're like, oh, hang on, who are these kids that, you know, <laughs> come over here and started, you know, playing lovely football? And, you know, I think, you know, the idea of for listeners, I suppose, Liverpool's second team playing in League One against Crew, and and that would be, it's kind of blow like mind blowing in some way. So, but I think it must be such an experience to to kind of ready people for, you know, for the for the first team and for that kind of competitive football world that we maybe don't get in in reserve football here. But I wanted to ask you about Leon Goretzka and and this <laughs> transformation, right? So obviously you've seen the photos. Does he like live in the gym or is he like eating like acai berries every day? <laughs> like, did the dressing room talk about this? Yeah, I remember when he first came back and everyone was like, "Dude, this is there's no way this guy is real." Like. <laughs> I, they were talking about in the group message that he was building a home gym and stuff like that. And so we were like, all right, you know, people were doing that during quarantine, but you know, some people, I, I know people back home who weren't really, you know, they'd use it for a week and then wouldn't use it again. But I mean, you could just tell that he changed his whole diet. He changed you know, his workout regimen and 
and you can see on the field he busted through a shirt a few weeks ago I mean it's <laughs> it's crazy how big he's gotten also Coutinho like I know he's gone now he's back yeah. to Barca but Coutinho he like he he hit the he hit the weights as well. We were starting to wonder like what like what's going like, is the nutritionist from Bayern from a different planet or did it was it this these two particular players who sort of took it upon themselves to really change what they are? Yeah, I definitely think it's you know those two were really kind of honing into their their um, off the field you know just like taking care of themselves off the field a lot more. I'm not saying that that the other players don't, but I think they just really you know, they really wanted to make that change and they talked with the nutritionist and they talked with. Um, kind of with the staff on what they needed to do to change their body and they changed it fairly quickly um like you said Coutinho Coutinho went from this skinny short guy to now he's he's a beast and it's it's pretty cool to see how quickly he did it are we yeah, expecting well, a similar translation uh, transformation from you Chris are we, the next yeah, time we see course. you next summer you're just going to be you know Captain America levels <laughs> hopefully busting through the captain's band if I, if I can oh man oh. I mean speak speaking of like of of impeccable physical form i mean Lewandowski is a man who's he hasn't transformed he's just always been in like sensational shape um a bit like zlatan he's kind of so flexible so athletic he's he's, he's incredible really and two questions what's it like to try and mark him in training and (laughs) has he been robbed of the ballon d'or okay um so the answer to question number two is definitely, he's definitely been robbed of the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> that's, the easy, that's the easier one of the two. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just this whole season that he had was unbelievable. I mean, just the fact that COVID wanted to happen this year and when he had his breakup, when he had just like this crazy year, it was kind of a, I felt bad for him. But I mean, he, I think everybody who, who experienced football this year knows that he deserved it. What's it like to train train with him then? Because you've got to mark him presumably at some points. Yeah, sadly, uh, he's. I mean, he's a beast. He's. Uh, he's what, thirty one years old, but he plays like you know. He plays like he's twenty. I mean, he has so much experience. He's he's strong. He's fast. If you give him any any space to shoot, he's going to turn in and shoot it, and it's definitely going to be on frame. So it's uh, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking sometimes because you don't want to make a mistake. But also, if you if you look at it from a different point of view, it is the best striker in the world. So you can't really, you know, you can't really be too upset with yourself if he does get a goal or two in training. Yeah, it's not one to not one to hold against. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, well, we only we kept him down to two today. That's a great training <laughs> session. Um, exactly. It's, it's a question, kind of just more generally. And and who's you you know who's you hanging out with basically when you're not in training? Who are you who are you kicking around with and? And getting on with outside of uh, life on the pitch. Yeah, definitely Fonzie and uh, Joshua Xerxes. Those, those are my boys off the field. Have you, have you and Fonzie got this kind of friendly North American rivalry thing going on? You just like yeah, it go. yeah, definitely. I mean, they. Uh, I think they beat our national team in Orlando uh, last year, and or maybe it was earlier this year. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember him coming back after international break, and he was like, "So, Chris, you know." We run North America now. It's like, no, nah, I don't think it quite works like that. And then the next game, of course, our national team killed them. But no, nah, I think I think as long as we're friends, that'll always be a little rivalry that we'll have. Fonzie's saying, we, we run North America now. He's like, you're fine. I wasn't in the team at that point. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> but you did, you know, go off of to your first camp, obviously, recently. How was it? What was it like? Uh, it was awesome. Um, definitely a dream come true. Uh, it was now, it was a different dynamic because all the guys were around my age. So there wasn't too many veterans with the exception of, you know, like maybe three or four guys who were older than 23. But, um, you know, it was, it was a really good camp getting to know, getting to know how everybody plays. You know, you see some guys playing on TV and maybe you've never met them. And, you know, just you see them coming to camp and they killed as well. So it was definitely a, definitely a really good camp. How did it differ to some of like lots of the youth camps that you've been to over the years? Like what were the major differences other than just like meeting new senior people? I think just the, I think it's just how much people have grown, you know? Um, and we had guys there, Gio Reyna just turned 18. He's playing, he, like he plays like he's a veteran, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so weird because when, when we were younger, of course, all of us kind of started in MLS academies and stuff like that. And then now we go into camp and it's all European roster. I mean, that's something that U.S. soccer couldn't have done 10 years ago. And now all of us are under the age of 23 and all of us are playing for pretty prestigious clubs over here. If, if you know, that obviously comes into to play. And I was going to ask you about the, the, the under 20 World Cup crop. Like you're linking back up with, with Serginho, with Conrad, you know, with Sebastian Soto, obviously got those two goals. But, you know, aside from that, 
which is obviously something to, to come back to. There, there's a kind of sense that obviously you're doing it. You're playing at Bayern. That's just score for Barca. Conrad's made his debut there. Weston's playing for Juventus. Is there a sense that you're kind of just like, you look at each other and you're like, yo, we're really doing this. You know, we're, we're actually, we're making it. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I remember when we were younger and we were all like, oh, you know, all, all we were all watching Champions League. Like, oh, you know, hopefully one day I'll be able to play on the stage. And like you said, Serginho scored his goal for his dream club uh, in Champions League the other day. So I think it's really cool to see us kind of living out our dreams. And, you know, there's always this like running joke when we go to camp, you know, if somebody gets transferred to a big club, they're like, oh, what club do you play for again? And it just, it, yeah, everybody gets a good laugh out of it. So it's, um, it's definitely, it's definitely pretty cool to, you know, to mess with people because we're all playing at bigger clubs now. It must so be this after... joke you make a lot these days. Oh yeah. I mean, I had to do my initiation, initiation song and, you know, they're like, say your name and where you're from and what club you play for. I was like, you know, Chris Richards, Birmingham, Alabama. And then they're like, oh, what club do you play for? Like, oh, I play for Bayern. And they were all like, oh, okay, big shot, big shot. And, you know, you always get a slack because we won every title last year. Oh, I like it. So I guess Weston McKenney's summer transfer really helped him, huh? Yeah, definitely. Really helped, really helped his stock. <laughs> he can say you now. The national team. <laughs> um, so you're obviously very familiar with, with the guys that you, you came through the under-20 setup with for that World Cup. Is there anybody new that you come into contact in this first senior camp that you've trained with for the first time and you've just gone, wow? Yeah, I'd say Yunus Musa. Uh, you know, I, had, I had no idea that he was, you know, half American. Um, no, neither did and, we until you yeah, called exactly. him up. You literally <laughs> called him up and everyone went, what? Can they do that? I saw, I saw like there was a report somewhere and they're like, Yunus has accepted the call into the U.S. national team camp. I'm like, what do you mean he accepted the call? Like... Because, I mean, Jamal Musiala used to play with him with national team. And so I was like, oh, okay, he's definitely English. And then they're like, oh, he's also Ghanaian, Italian, and he has a little bit of American in him. So we're like, oh, okay, well, call him up then. Yeah, but he, I mean, dude is a monster. He's only 17, and I, I, he's so explosive, so strong, so technically good. Uh, he's definitely somebody who I was really surprised with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones where you looked at him and you were like, Wow, like it's uh now the que- now the heat's on, right? Because it's a friendly, yeah. it's a friendly cap, and you're like, right? Well, hope he hope he's sticking around for the USMNT because that's exactly. a, that's a moment. I mean, look, there's a World Cup neck, not well, a year and a half, two years away now. What's the target? Starting centre back berth for US is that is that what you see? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always want to aim high, so I definitely hope that I'm a, a starter for that team for sure. Who's gonna start with you, Chris? What's that? Like, who of the under twenty crop are you thinking? Right, this is us. Because you know, people call you the golden generation, right? You may not like that, but that's what people say. You're aware yeah. of that. So, who yeah. of the golden generation are going to be leading you to glory in 2022? Who's making it? I think from the from the U20 team that we were on, I definitely think Serginho is a lock for his spot. Um, let's see who else. I think I think Mark McKenzie would definitely be there with us. Um, who else will be there? Oof. I put me on the spot with that one. I think <laughs> I think Soto, Sebastian Soto will be there. Um, Richie Ledesma. Um, I think one player who he wasn't at the U20 World Cup, but he's our age, Brendan Aronson. I think he'll definitely be, I think he'll get a lot, um, get a lot of experience playing under Jesse at Salzburg. Hmm. Um, but Gio, yeah, Gio think, wasn't at that tournament, was he? Gio Reyna? N- no, he wasn't. But I definitely <laughs> think he has to, like, he has to be there, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, pretty much what you saw from this last camp, I think the you know, the main core of guys will definitely be there for, for the 2022 World Cup. Obviously got a soft spot for, for my, my club man, Anthony Robinson. So um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's uh... the homie. I love him. <laughs> he just comes across <laughs> as such a nice geezer. Dude, it's so weird because on the last day of camp, you know, we're all sitting around and he hops on the piano and starts playing music. We're like, dude, Anthony, like, where, where did this come from? Like, he, he's just a man of so many tricks. And he can do a backflip, just like a standing backflip. I mean, he just... He has certain like things that he can do. It's just you never would have thought it come from him. I'm gonna wait now and see that backflip in action when he scores his first goal for Fulham. I'm gonna be absolutely. I'll be obviously well happy that he scored, and I'll just be furious afterwards. I'll be like, I know you could do a backflip. Do a backflip, please. (laughs) Uh, If he does that, oh, that'd be crazy. What 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 did he play? What song? That's another good question. So Conrad de la Fuente first hopped on the piano, and Conrad he can't like. Conrad and Anthony both can't read music, but if they hear a song, they just like kind of start touching the the keys and they can just start playing music. And I don't remember exactly what song he what what song it was, but 
it was just it was beautiful like it was just so funny to see but it was you wouldn't have known that he couldn't read music wow i mean look you've just revealed two hidden talents of anthony robinson so is there a third one you can list so you we can have we a, can a rank ranking them, yeah. we can have yes. a ranking of a top three is there a third one yeah he can uh, he can do a rubik's cube very very fast very nice fast. That's very good. Sam Rankin, yeah. quickly go. Oh, I just wish he was my left back. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> me. You know, England don't really have any left backs, apparently, because we never call any up. So it's a shame. We have, <laughs> genuinely shame that we can't have one that could do backflips, play music and do Rubik's Cubes. Um, Rubik's Cube is my mate can do them really quick. And I think once you figure out the trick, it's actually deceptively easy not to devalue what Anthony can do. So I'm going to put that in last. I would break my own back if I tried to backflip. So that goes top. And that puts piano in the middle. I am grade one piano, so you don't sleep on my talent. All right, there you go. That's it. We've um, we've really made it now. I mean, look, we've got a load of quick fire ones to, to throw at you, Chris. So we're, we just got to just get into them and, and see how we go. But this first one's from, well, two patrons asked similar questions. Darius Cade and Ocean Sun. They said, basically, was there a player you modeled your game on as a kid? And, and were you always a center back? Or at what age did you kind of settle on, on being a defender? Yeah, so um, growing up, you know, my initials were CR, so... I was always a big Ronaldo fan growing up. I was, uh, <laughs> I used to be a winger. Uh, I didn't have too much skill. I was, I was pacey, but um, so I, I kind of just relied on my pace. But I didn't start playing center back until I was 15, and um, that's when I started, you know, watching more center backs. And I used to watch Jerome Boateng. Uh, you know, it's oh. it's kind of it's it's sick that I play with him now. But um, you know, it was kind of cool because you know we kind of look. I mean, we're both we're both black and. You know, we both play center back, so it's definitely somebody who who I like to model my game after. Oh, that's cool. That's so cool. I love it when players end up with the guys they ended up modeling and watching and and, and work. It's, it's so cool. And um, we have another question from Courtney Titus who asks if you could merge three defenders into one to create the perfect defender, who would you pick? I Oof. mean, that's that's tough, but it's it's on the spot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh this might seem a little biased, so you gotta hear me out on this one. All right. I'd use Fonzie's pace. I'd say I'd use I'd use Carlos Puyo's his um, aggressiveness, and I'd say I'd use um, Boateng's long ball uh, long ball playing ability. I think that'd be a pretty decent center half. Yeah, just <laughs> I mean, imagine a center back with with Fonzie's pace. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't be playing center back. <laughs> no, he could play wherever he wants to. Yeah, exactly. With that ability, he'd be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Rachel asks, "What's it like to play with a legend like Manu Neuer behind you?" Because obviously, you know, having that kind of presence between the sticks, and you know, the last week alone just some of the saves pulled off have just been absolutely beyond ridiculous and it must give you so much assurance right yeah definitely I mean you know that I mean, of course you don't want to make a mistake but if you do tend to make a mistake every um every now and then you know that he's going to make up for it and he's such a down-to-earth guy if you met him on the street you wouldn't know that he's one of the best goalies ever and um you know he he's just he's amazing sometimes sometimes like he shocks you because you don't know what he's going to do with the ball um because he's so good with his feet as well but I, it's really something that you can never even think of having a goalie that good behind you chris for transparency there that rach the person that asked that question is my fiance and uh, <laughs> oh really yeah and she's a she's a she's a football watcher of sorts i mean you kind of have to be if you spend your time with me um but during the 2014 world cup all the way back that was when Neuer really hit his sweeping prime I'm sure you remember the game against mm -hmm. Algeria in particular we were watching it together and she was flabbergasted by what he was doing in goal and ever since that game against Algeria he's been her favorite player uh, so basically that is Manuel Neuer propaganda straight from this household no my grandma is his biggest fan as well I remember watching the 2014 World Cup and she was like oh he's so cute <laughs> and now that I play with them, she's like, oh, whenever I come to Munich, I have to meet them. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we can make it happen sometime soon. Yeah, hopefully. I do like the idea of you welcoming your grandma to Munich. And, and <laughs> Manu, quickly, I'd like to introduce <laughs> you to your, your biggest fan. That's, that's amazing. Um, I got a question from Lola here, which is, what, are, what is the thing you miss most about the USA? And I'm going to exclude three things from the conversation. Family and friends, as a given, of course. And the mm -hmm. third one is Chick-fil-A. You can't say that either. Because I saw okay. in an interview... <laughs> you did see it. Huh? Yeah, oh, I saw that. <laughs> you and Jamal Musiala talking about Chick-fil-A. Um, so you can't say any of those things. What are you saying next? I think it would have to be the driving aspect. I think that's definitely one thing that's a lot different here in Germany. Like, the roads are a lot 
smaller and you know when, whenever you want to go somewhere you have to worry about parking when in the u.s there's always a, like a, a big parking garage or somewhere near there that that's one thing that i definitely miss a lot that was not ready for when i came here <laughs> you could pick anything in the world and you're worried about parking <laughs> oh it's so stressful I, I never had the parallel park until i got here <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things you don't have to learn in the states as i tell you what learning in london you have to learn how to parallel park real quick that's why i haven't passed yet <laughs> uh next one is from ben golly and he asks cheesecake or apple pie god we're not getting very serious anymore are we Oof. i'd say apple pie with a scoop of uh vanilla ice cream on top Fine. Fair that's enough, a, fair that's a great, a great question. Um, yeah. Sam obviously just mentioned that that interview with Jamal Musiala. Give us thirty seconds on why we should be excited about Jamal Musiala. Oof. All right. So Jamal, of course, he's seventeen. He's um, you know, he's he's still very young, but his technical ability is amazing. He's so good with his feet. Even though he's not the biggest guy, you don't ever see him really get bodied off the ball. Um, he kind of just like slithers like a snake. We call him like a little snake because that's just what he does on the field. Um, he's he's pretty deceptively fast or quick, I think is what I'd say. I don't want to gas him up too much, but um, he's definitely quick on and or on and off the ball. And he's just a smart player. You know, he uh, he somehow just makes it work. All right. Consider me excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those ones. He came on. He obviously came on in that first game, and within like two minutes, he'd scored. And we're like. This kid's quite good. <laughs> I mean, his his last year, he went from U seventeen, U nineteen, uh, the reserve side to the first team on one year, and then we we're like, oh, you know, like he's good, but is he physically good enough? And then every level, he just got better and better, and we're like, yeah, he's ready. You see, it's weird. Like this is a failing of our own country's press and media because we're not very good at, at hyping up our own. But when Jamal Musiala became the youngest ever goal scorer for Bayern Munich in the club's history, a club the size of Bayern Munich. You, if you were just like an average football fan in this country, you would have no idea that that had happened. That to me is back page news or front page news in yeah. every newspaper. An Englishman has become the youngest ever goal scorer at Bayern. And most of the people in this country have no idea who he is, which must sound crazy to you. That's so crazy. If, it was, if he was an American, you know, that would be on every news outlet possible. Yeah, it's, Crazy. A, it's, a stick, it's a sticking point, but we're, we're working on it. So that's there's more <laughs> propaganda for the for the channel while we just bang the Jamal Musiala drum as hard as we can. Yes, definitely do that. Uh, right. This is a good one. Who finishes first, second and third in a 100 meter sprint between Fonzie, Leroy Sané and Kingsley Coman? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fonzie is first place, 100 percent. That like I just don't understand where he got that pace from, but it he's definitely the fastest, no question. He actually has wheels. Like is that one of those you see him running sometimes? I'm like, you don't touch the floor. <laughs> I mean, we we watched film last year and the guy was ahead of him and we lost like we lost the ball and he literally just glided past the guy um like just so easily. And it's he's supposed to be a fast player as well, which was mind blowing. But was that the meat say, thing from Thomas Muller? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's a whole different 15 to 20 minutes of podcast, isn't he? As we know. But uh, yeah, who's coming second out of Sané and Komen? I'd say Leroy Sané will be second. I think Kingsley Komen is very quick when it comes to changing directions and stuff. And he's also very fast in a straight line. But I think Leroy is faster in a straight line. Okay. That's a, we only talk about the important stuff on this podcast. It's, uh, it's, good, that we're, it's good that we're getting the good stuff through again. Um, I've just literally, as we walk, there's, a, there's been a brilliant question here from, from Mohammed Ayman, who says, have you ever helped Fonzie with a TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I have not personally helped him with a TikTok, but I've definitely been there when he has filmed a TikTok and oh my gosh, the amount of time that he spends on TikTok is not okay. Like it shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying he's not a one take wonder? No, 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 no. If he's, if he's like, if he's claiming that, don't believe him because it's not true. <laughs> is it ever, is there ever a point where you're just like hanging out together and he sees something and sees an opportunity as a TikTok and goes, wait, and goes and does it. And like, you have to sit there for like 20 minutes while he does it. Is that the sort of thing that happens? Yes. And then you just have to hear the sound replay, replay, replay until he finally gets it. And it's just, sometimes I have to go to like a different room for a little bit because it gets, it gets too much sometimes. Okay. <laughs> well, we can't stifle his creative genius. We can't, we can't do that. Um, but Chris, I heard, I'll say I heard, cause you told me, I heard you like stupid, funny films. And I was wondering, <laughs> 
which particular films in this area do you love the most? So we got, we're going to need a top three, I'm going to say. We, we haven't done enough ranking for this to you know, live up to <laughs> podcast name. So I'm going to have to give you a push you for a top three. Okay, for a top three, stupid funny movies. Um, Dumb and Dumber is definitely number one. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've watched it, but every time I die laughing watching it. Um, <laughs> so that's definitely on the list. Number two, Scary Movie 2. I don't know if you've seen those movies, but they're like spoofs of like just yep. a bunch of stuff together. And they're so, 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 so funny. So Scary Movie 2 is the one where they go to that house and there's the uh, the server with the hand, right? Yeah, yeah, with the little hand. <laughs> oh my, yeah. I used to, yeah, I used to freak my sisters out doing the strong hand thing. So I'm well aware of the old, uh, of the old Scary Movie. One, two. So two is better than one and three. I think so. I personally think so. All right. And what else? Um... So there's another movie. It's called Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. It's kind of like a... It, <laughs> That's it's, a hell yeah, of a title. It's a, it's a very long title. It's like a it's like a spoof of like a bunch of black movies, like Boys in the Hood, stuff like that. And it is so, so, so stupid. It has the Waynes Brothers and it's just, it's, it's, it's so funny. It's hilarious. Everything they did at one point just turned to gold, didn't it? It was like they had like a hit run or like just constantly going and going and going. All right. Last question on this kind of area is, uh, right. Who's the best FIFA player at Bayern? And sort of also, does that come onto the USMNT? I don't know how much you played in the first camp, but I'm going to need, I'm going to need sort of power rankings in both, if I'm honest. All right. Other than myself, um, I'd probably say the best FIFA player at Bayern to be fair, we don't play that much. Like it's just when I'm playing with Josh or, or Fonzie. But out of us three, I definitely say Josh is definitely the best FIFA player because he like he lives and breathes FIFA. Um, I I have to give myself second place in that in that three. Uh, and Fonzie has to be Fonzie is awful at all video games. <laughs> I've seen Fonzie play PES for a. I did a, we did a charity stream. Um, and it wasn't great, but he put it down. <laughs> he put it down to the fact that it was PES and he'd never played it before. Which, mm, I'm sure. a, it, yeah, I mean, I get it, but also it's a football game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you know, if you're a footballer, it should just come easy to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did it? Did it transfer over to camp? Did you play a bit with the with the national team? Not this upcoming, or not this last camp, but you know, every time we're usually at camp, we usually get some good FIFA games in. Um, I think Uli Yanez is definitely first place. He's he's a different breed when it comes to FIFA. Um, would he beat would he beat josh Zerksy? yeah yeah he'd be josh. all right okay we're like he, yeah okay right okay the national team those are for pure ballers when it comes to fifa <laughs> i um, bet pudisic must be good he plays good at every other game yeah i mean i believe it he was only at camp this time for like three days but i'm sure if we had a fifa tournament going on he'd he'd have to be up top he's just he just doesn't want to play he's just happy playing fortnite <laughs> he's just like comfortable over there and that's that <laughs> i can't believe people still play fortnite that game yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you, man. I don't get it. Like it's, it's one of those weird ones where I was it's the first time I was looking at something like I just don't understand. Like <laughs> as I get I get how COD works. I don't understand why I'm having to like build things like a Minecraft exactly. game in the middle of it. Like proper mess of my head. I was mm. I was actually out of it. Um Chris, <laughs> Chris are, you, are you a Warzone guy instead? Oh yeah, I definitely I play all Call of Duty, you know, whether it's multiplayer or Warzone, that, that's my game. Yeah, I like that. I rate that. You can stay. Yes, okay. <laughs> Sam's seal of approval just is if anyone's playing Warzone the rest of us are working hard and Sam's like dropping into the dance I'm like can you, can you get out of there please um, dropping that superstore yeah legit yeah um, always yeah Chris we'll finish it off by basically we covered your 2020 and brief at the top of the show but how do you want 2021 and 2022 to go what, what are you looking at as the kind of steps taken the achievements you're looking at for, for club and country and yeah um I definitely want to be a big part of this Bayern squad. Hopefully we can win back-to-back Champions Leagues. And of course, you know, you want, you want to win every trophy possible. So hopefully I'm a big part of that um, with the national team. Hopefully, you know, getting us qualified for the next World Cup, you know, winning Nations League, things like that. And of course, 2022, my, my number one thing is to be a starter on that, uh, on the World Cup team. That's always been a dream of mine. And hopefully, hopefully it's my time. And then lock down your place for four years later. So they're, exactly. so they're on home soil, you're, you know, <laughs> well equipped to be. Uh, I, have to be I have to be there. 100%. I mean, you'll be in the, the prime of your career at that point. You'll be grand, you'll be fine. Would you play left back? 
Oof. Um, <laughs> if the team needed me at left back, I would be wherever they needed me, but preferably center back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, yeah, well done. Well done. Well negotiated. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Chris, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And uh, yeah, it's been <laughs> wonderful. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you all for having me. It was a lot of fun. Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly. Well, thank you so much to Chris Richards for joining us. That was enlightening, but also extremely entertaining, Sam. I had a really good time. Yeah, what a first interview for us in the new era. Really pleased. I mean, look, it, it just seems to be, uh, no offence to all English people, and you can't take offence from me because I'm English as well, but Americans are just better at talking and just better, yeah. at, just better at elaborating and gesticulating and everything. And they're just, Chris is, Chris is one of those. Is There's a definite trend towards players that have come through like MLS and MLS clubs and, and academy systems. And they're just so good to speak to. So good with the media. Chris is warm and inviting and fun. And it was a pleasure to speak to him. Yeah, just loads of fun. Dean, as a casual observer, you must have enjoyed yourself and also just not having to speak for a little while. You've, you know, you must have, yeah. you must have been jet grateful. Yeah, I felt at times it was missing my jokes and my sense of humour and my insight. <laughs> but apart from that, it was a really good interview. <laughs> good job, lads. Very proud of you for, for carrying us through. Yeah, exactly. Keep <laughs> calm and carry on without Dean. That was uh, that was the motto of this one. Um, DJ, you do have some competition winners for us, though. I do. Right. It's time for competition winners. <laughs> OK, so from last week, there were three competitions. Um Let's just run through them as we set them out. So from last Monday, this was the prize to win any shirt of your choice. And this was um, to win this. Obviously, you had to get somebody to sign up to Patreon. So thanks for everybody that did that. Thanks for everybody that referred. Um, but the winner is Michael Starr. Thank well you, Michael. Michael. Well Fantastic. done, mate. Top well, man. We'll be in touch. Big part of the rank squad, Michael. He is a big part of the rank squad. Yeah, so well, well done, Michael. Um, you're a shirt of your choice, uh, winging its way to yeah. you. We'll be in touch about that. And you start thinking about what you want. The only thing we won't do is send you a Chelsea shirt. If you don't like <laughs> them, right? <laughs> From Wednesday. Now, this was one, wasn't it? The winner of a Patreon subscription for an undetermined length of time. <laughs> the winner is Nathan Kelly. Well Fantastic. done, Nate. Well done, Nathan. Well done, son. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a big prize. A lot of people entered that one. Um, and you can still join us on Patreon. Sign up now. So, the <laughs> other competition from Friday. Now, this was an unbelievable prize. We had a lot of fun here. So, shouts out to everybody who made it. Because there were some incredible, incredible reviews. They, they really made me laugh, some of them. We had poems. We had, you know, ones that were just literally jokes. My favorite review we've ever got, actually, um, is actually not from this competition, but someone put five stars, one for each foot Jack is in height. And nice. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's just really unnecessarily rude, isn't it? But, <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it's a five-star review, so who am I to complain? We, we, got, we got a really, really nice one from Broderick Doyon, who met, sent it to me in the DMs and just wrote, I really want that pen, Sam. <laughs> Yeah, he copied me he, in as well, I think. He really wants that pen. The winner of the bundle that includes the pen, includes the books, includes the signed photo of me and a poster that apparently Jack's throwing in to make up for that signed photo. The winner is <laughs> Terrell de Morgan. Woo, well done, Terrell. Well done, mate. Um, great review. No one was going to win this if they actually gave us a one-star rating, were they? We did have to double-check that they said something. We nice. took we took all the five-star ratings and then put them in a put them in yeah, a basically and, we, uh, we collected a lot. Like Terrell took Terrell took the win. Yeah, he it was, it was, it was like a an FA Cup draw. We were like plunging our hands into this into this bowl of names. So um, big big end to the year for Terrell there. Yeah, he can it'll be waiting with anticipation for that signed photo, I'm sure. And if you would like a signed photo, send um, send me some cash, and I'm going to start distributing. <laughs> Jones.com. It's not a website, is it? Um, right. Uh, talking of that, actually, uh, Dean, it's it's time for Melon of the Week. I am the melon of the week. Yeah. Right. 
It's time for Melon of the Week. This week's Melon of the Week is Alvaro Morata. Ooh, why? Well, Alvaro just did a really, really silly thing. So <laughs> Juve obviously failed to win at the weekend and Morata was frustrated and he got himself a red card after the full-time whistle. This ain't good for Juventus because they've only got two players that can score goals and he's one of them. And they've got the Turin derby coming up this weekend against Torino. And it looks like he's missing it now. Um, just wasn't happy at some of the decisions the referee had made. Actually, that referee in that game had a really good game. He had some really, it's quite a tough game. Um, and Juve were obviously looking for a lot of decisions throughout that game. And I thought the ref did well. But Morata gives him an earful as soon as the full-time whistle blows. And the ref just had enough and just showed him the red card. What a melon. So... They'll probably have Ronaldo back, but Morata will not be there. Um, what a melon. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. And it, you know someone's been a melon at Juventus if Dean, who's on the Agnelli payroll, is, is criticising someone like Juve. Morata as well. I don't really talk about it here much. We had a, we had a melon of the week contender who was bailed out, uh, no pun intended, by VAR. Because Bailey Peacock Farrell twice did Melanie things and twice got away with it because of VAR. And it, yeah. it really made me laugh. Like the first one, he just lets a header go in at the back post against Man City. Obviously he conceded five goals anyway. So it wasn't, you know, a particularly impressive performance, although City were good. Um, but Bernie goalkeeper once just let a header go in at the back post. He's like, just watched it. Just that like, turned around and saw it was going in and was like, oh yeah, that's going in that I'd say. Uh, and in the second half then made an unbelievable save. And then just need the ball into his own goal and got away with it twice. So, Bailey Peacock Farrell, you are a lucky man, a lucky man not to be on the receiving end of a melon this week. So is Jurgen Klopp. I mean, anyone that listened to our Patreon on Monday knows how we felt about Jurgen Klopp um, over the weekend, but he just didn't win because I'm sick of talking about the man. Yeah, so, well, that's fair enough. He's got yeah. away with on there as a Jurgen. And yeah. that means there's only one thing left to do this week. <laughs> The gibberish alarm, <laughs> Sam. Oh, See what dear. if any any new listeners we picked up off the Chris Richards interview have made it to this po point of the podcast that have just turned it off just then, <laughs> so they they won't listen to this bit. But I'll carry on regardless. This week's gibberish. I've put together the top three most unlikely brilliant combinations. Now this uh, something oh, something anything. something of anything of anything. Wow. Okay. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cover some ground here. Okay. So in at number three is cats and dogs. Because cats and dogs are pitted as natural enemies. Yeah, uh, yet a film about it. Exactly. And yet, according to the wide array of adorable Instagram accounts I follow, they get along just fine. And every now and then, you see a family of cats raise a dog, and the dog takes on their mannerisms, and vice versa. And to be honest, we could probably make a wider point here. There are so many different animals that can become best friends. Again, I refer to these adorable Instagram accounts that I follow plenty of. You see like, gigantic dogs take little tiny ducklings and become best friends. I've even seen a video recently of tigers and monkeys playing. Like, out in the animal kingdom, this shouldn't be happening, but we've managed to construct a society in which these different types of animals really get on. So this cats and dogs thing, it's a false trope. Yeah, also, in, but also in, like Romulus and Remus were raised by a wolf, and they are the reason that we have Roma and Lazio. So shout out to them, lads. <laughs> Good parallel that. I like it. I like it. But I'd say that this this unlikely alliance is actually forming one of the most heartwarming subsections of the internet that you could possibly travel to. And in a shit year like this, that's the sort of thing you need. So go and follow loads of pet accounts. Anyway, this is, this is where two. you differ from Dean and I, isn't it? I don't think Dean and I are following any weird pet accounts. And your no, your Instagram is chocker full of them. Yeah, even birds nests. I haven't gone that far <laughs> as following them on Twitter. <laughs> Well, in at number two is something perhaps a little bit more relatable. A great combo, meat and waffles. Meat and waffles. Now, you tell them that 20 You're year obsessed waffles. with waffles. You're obsessed with waffles. Stop yeah. talking about waffles all the time. I've heard of chicken and waffles, obviously. No, duck, and but... wa duck and waffle I've had. Oh, duck, duck and waffle, waffle yeah, I've heard of so that. What chicken... are you having, beef and waffle? So, no, I haven't gone that far, don't worry. <laughs> but ch but ch chicken and waffle, duck and waffle. If you'd have told me, I don't know, six years ago that that was a combination worth having, I'd have probably laughed. And I'm sure that there are, you know, lots of Americans listening that think, well, dude, what are you on about? Of course they go well together. And you take a look at, you know, something slightly different, but bacon and syrup and pancakes together, another brilliant combo. Although, again, on paper... 
that shouldn't really work in my opinion, but it does. And mm, not for me, I, Clive. I love it. I absolutely love it. And there's, uh, keep, there's keep a, me breakfast sweets and savouries away from each other. Again, I understand where you're coming from there because on paper I completely agree. And then I accidentally ate it once, and now I eat it all the goddamn time. So meat and waffles, meat and pancakes together, it shouldn't work. 20, 20 year old me thinks that that's a terrible idea, but thirty year old me, the one that sits before you wants to eat it every single day right okay um i'm just gonna ignore my own desire to disagree and carry on well in at number one something maybe a slightly more relatable to this podcast and the most unlikely brilliant combination i can think of is gennaro gattuso and wild attacking football i can't believe that gattuso has ultimately forgotten what kind of footballer he was and has started just completely coaching a, a different style. He has no right, based on his 18-year career of kicking people in midfield, to coach this exciting, expansive, thrilling, goal-filled football that we are watching Napoli play right now. You know, he was he spent his time slobbering and growling around the pitch, kicking and hacking people so that Pirlo wouldn't get beaten up. And yet here we are, he's harnessing Mertens, Insignia, Lozano, Ozymen, Politano, and all the rest of them. I just think it's super weird, but it works. I mean, Napoli are a fantastic watch. And, you know, to bring it back to something quite poignant is, you know, Sunday we watched Napoli destroy Roma. Yeah, they, they beat the project. There was a, there was a, a, a you know, a, a, a funny, like there was, a, there was a, a feeling in the air that night because obviously it was a Diego Maradona tribute. He was so special to Naples. There was no, no way that Napoli were not going to win that game. And you could feel it in them, but this is the most I don't know, this is the most real example of how Napoli can just go all guns blazing. And I just look at Gattuso as a player and I look at what he did at Milan. Oh my God. Those it was nil stodgy, nils. wasn't it? It was so bad. I hated, I hated that Milan side so much. They were so boring. They were so stodgy, as you say. And this just feels like night and day, rightly. And it's great. I just can't believe it's actually happened. Mad Ooh. that Gattuso is coaching the extravagant, expansive style of play and Pirlo is playing a really dour 5-3-2. <laughs> that is true, actually. Yeah. I wonder if we'll see like Nigel de Jong in charge of Barcelona or something in a bid to like <laughs> try and copy this. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's um, amazing. Yeah, well, Just that's a good one, mix. Sam. I like that a lot. Well done. Yeah, uh, you, you got to a good point there. I was worried in the middle. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> they had us in the first half, not going to lie. But uh, we recovered well. And, and that's pretty much it for today's episode of Ranks FC. Uh, if you're a new listener, thank you for getting you through that respect. Um, and also come and, come and hit the subscribe button and, and come join us every week. We have a lot of fun here. And it's a, it's a good place to be. So thank you for joining us. Uh, all there's left for me to do say thank you very much Sam Tai. Cheers mate. Thank you very much Dean Jones. Cheers mate. Thank you very much to Mr Chris Richards from Bayern Munich and USMNT for joining us earlier. What a wonderful interview. I've been Jack Collins. This has been Ranks FC. We see you next week Rank Squad. Take care now. Peace. Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly. 